Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Episode 21, Stepped Over the Threshold and Finally Home. Welcome back, friends. Our baby woke us up on our first morning at Living Waters. Thomas lifted her up to the window of the cabin and said, Good morning, little gnome to need. Look where we live now. Soon you will be able to play out there in the field. We realized that it wasn't just the two of us anymore. We were a family now and had a new responsibility as parents. We had just stepped over the threshold, not only of this little cabin, but into a brand new life together. Remember a while back in episode 17, I talked about when we were standing by the road in Mendocino hitchhiking, and then Thomas said, I guess we are Christians now, but we're not going to be like those other Christians who are always preaching about their faith. Our new challenge would be to embrace the reality that we too believed in Jesus. And here at the ranch, we would have the opportunity to learn, according to the Bible, what it means to be a Christian. Our identity as hippies on the search for truth was fading away. We were no longer seekers. We had been found. God had given us a new identity as disciples and followers of Jesus. For Thomas, it was especially clear to him that he desperately wanted to change. Remember how I had talked about his scary experience a few weeks before that. He had come to the awareness that his heart was cold and none of his spiritual practices could help him anymore. A big part of his view of himself growing up had revolved around being a musician. Unfortunately, that included the use of drugs that he believed gave him inspiration. But when he had recently prayed with Tom and Jim, he sensed that a load was literally taken off of his shoulders. He had been set free of the shame he had for his past of stealing and lying and selfishness. He said that Tom told him that God had given him a new heart. Even in those first few days, I was aware that he was different. He was relaxed and at peace. In the evenings, all he cared about was holding the baby and playing his flute when she cried. It was so beautiful to watch the joy he had in coming up with melodies to help her go to sleep. Thomas started that day in meeting some of the men at the ranch who are willing to help him with the teepee project. When it was lunchtime, he came and got me and the baby to go over to the dome. This would be our new routine, following the dirt path to the hanging bridge over the creek towards the main driveway. We were greeted with the sound of singing as we walked up to the entrance. This seemed to be their community tradition, singing before the meals. Their joy was contagious, and it was fun to join in. The first song we learned had just a few but profound words that went like this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. And on and on it went. And the longer you would sing it, the more things came to your mind to be thankful for. It was the perfect remedy for putting aside our fears and worries. After lunch, a couple of young women came over to me and asked if I needed anything. They told me that I could do our laundry at the big house that was near our teepee. They said that in the bathroom there is an old-fashioned ringer washing machine. I was glad they offered because I would soon be running out of clean diapers. A machine would save me a lot of time rather than washing everything by hand like I had done up until now. 
I told one of the women that I was having some pain with breastfeeding, and she gave me some really helpful tips. I realized that I was nursing too often. The Lalici book that I had said that whenever the baby cries, it is hungry or needs to be nursed. I was going to need to learn to discern the difference between hunger and just being fussy or wanting attention. After all, this was only my second week of being a mommy. There were lots of mothers there, and I appreciated watching them. I could see they were friends with each other and that they were trying to make me feel at home with them. They also showed me to a small building they called the Free Store. Someone had organized it nicely with shelves of clothes and shoes in different sizes, and it included things for adults. I thought, that's great. I would always be able to find new clothes for my baby as she was growing. This was, for me, another example of the scripture that said that the Christians shared everything they had. In the meantime, Thomas was back to work with the teepee project, and we agreed to go to dinner at the Dome at 5 o'clock. After dinner, on our walk back to the cabin, we decided that we might as well plan to go there for breakfast, too. We heard that they served warm cereals like oatmeal and cream of wheat with fruit. Of course, we would avoid white sugar and white bread because we knew it was unhealthy. The main thing that we didn't want to partake in was the fresh cow milk or fresh chicken eggs. We had been on a strict vegetarian, non-dairy diet for the past two years. I was not about to abandon my convictions just yet concerning the food situation. It was an important part of our spiritual beliefs. But Thomas, he didn't seem to care about it. He just thought it was great how they cooked and ate together. Plus, they prayed over the food. In our conversations with the people that lived there, we were getting a clearer picture of how they function as a community. Besides the regular meals and meeting times, everyone had a job which they called a stewardship. That name was based on Bible teaching about being faithful in your work and doing everything as unto the Lord. They told us that the jobs rotate every couple of weeks and that there were two schedules, one for the women and one for the men, depending on what type of work it was. That made me feel nervous about being assigned a job. I had a brand new baby and didn't know yet how much I could cope with. Besides, I was planning on doing some cooking for us at the teepee and would have to make a schedule for myself of doing our laundry. Washing clothes and diapers for a baby and hanging it out to dry was an aspect of teepee life that I had not even considered before. But one of the ladies told me not to worry. I wouldn't be required to take on a job until I felt I was ready for that. Tom Peterson had explained to Thomas that instead of having to pay rent to live there, everyone shared the workload. This included taking care of the animals, the cow, the chicken, and the rabbits, and tending to the bees. They also had a large vegetable garden that supplied most of the food they needed. Sometimes they had the opportunity to earn money doing tree planting jobs in teams. Everyone that lived and worked at Living Waters would receive a small monthly allowance. Another advantage that saved on their costs was that they had a couple of cars that were shared within the community. This is how the daily schedule looked. Breakfast started at 7 and then a short Bible study. From 8 to 9, their jobs would begin. Then from 9 to 10, it was quiet time where everyone was supposed to stop working and read their Bible. From 10 to 4 was the main work day with lunch in between. 
Dinner was at 5. The evening Bible study meetings were every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 o'clock. Saturday was everyone's free day, except, of course, for the ladies that prepared a simple meal. Sunday was a morning service at the Dome, and sometimes they visited a local church in Garberville or drove up in cars in a school bus to Eureka. There they had a big gathering with young Christians, where they listened to a pastor named Jim Durkin preach. Tom Peterson told us we would need Bibles for the meetings and the morning quiet time. He took us in his office and handed us both a hardback Bible. He called them a Gideon Bible that was from an organization that gives out free Bibles. He said if we wanted to, we could go sometime up to Eureka where there was a Christian bookstore. They had lots of choices of different kinds of Bibles. My first thought was, oh, I should just ask my mom to bring me my old one when they come to visit us. This would all be interesting to see how this lifestyle would change us. We had our jobs back in Hayward for a few months, but still we had been doing our own thing. We usually took one day at a time, just going with the flow, meditating, reading spiritual books, or playing music, and hanging out with our hippie friends. Just the fact that the community had a strict schedule was probably going to bring to light everything that had to do with our hippie mindset. We knew it might be hard for us to adjust, but Thomas said, let's just wait and see how things work out. Boy, did we have a lot of things to talk about after we put the baby down to sleep that night. Everything that we were seeing and hearing at this ranch were things we could have never imagined before. It was a completely different world than we had ever known, but at the same time, we were happy and excited that we could share our experiences with each other. Thomas started telling me about the guys that were helping him put up the teepee. They thought it was pretty cool to learn how to do that with him. They were also newcomers at the ranch, and so they were all exchanging their stories of how they stumbled into the ranch when hitchhiking in the area. They told Thomas that they had been lost hippies and had gotten saved there. Now they wanted to learn about forsaking their old ways and get completely free from drugs and alcohol and live according to the Bible. They said there had been recent talks within the community about making a bonfire some evening and burning things anyone still had with them from their old life. It would be like dedicating their lives to God. They were mainly referring to drugs and cigarettes, alcohol, and spiritual books, or objects like tarot cards and astrology charts, anything that came from the New Age religious practices. They wanted to help each other make a break from the old and a commitment to change. Thomas and I were then discussing the subject. This was definitely something we had never heard of before, but it sounded like an interesting plan. It seemed a bit threatening at first because our spiritual books, for example, the I Ching, were important to us. And I knew Thomas must have some marijuana or LSD with him, though I honestly didn't know where it was. It's strange when I think about this now because it wasn't like a big secret between us. It was just normal for him to have a stash. It was probably in one of his instrument cases because he didn't have any other belongings besides a few clothes. As we talked about it, Thomas didn't seem to be worried. He said we will know when the time comes what we should do. That was only our second night there, so you could imagine our minds were getting blown with all these new impressions. 
Thomas said we should start going to the Bible study meetings, so there we can get a better idea of what would be expected of us. He had already learned so much in his talks with Tom Peterson that he was looking forward to hearing more. So we agreed to go the next day to the evening meeting. I could nurse our daughter before we went, and I hoped she would fall asleep in the carrier. I thought she would probably enjoy listening to the singing at the dome. The next day, Thomas was able to get most of the work done with the teepee camp. The guys put down the carpet and gathered rocks for the fire pit. They helped carry over all our boxes and trunks and set them inside the teepee. It was a whole different experience for me walking into our teepee home that day because now I had a baby with me. First, I needed to make a place for her, so I got out our bedding and pillows and laid her down on our mattress. Then I organized her clothes and diapers near our bed. I sorted out our clothes, books, and candles in the oil lamp so we would be prepared for our first night sleeping in the teepee. I wanted to get everything ready for the nighttime nursing routine and be able to get up early in the morning to go to breakfast. The guys said they would help Thomas the next day to bring over a pile of firewood from the big house which was nearby. All of the buildings on the land were heated with wood-burning stoves that they had made themselves. We were the only ones that would be living in a teepee there, though. Thomas was enjoying working with his new friends, and when it was time for lunch, we all walked over to the dome together. I could hear them discussing a new subject, should they cut their long hair. They said there was a young woman who was a hairdresser, and she was offering to cut people's hair free of charge. I knew for Thomas and most other hippie men, their long hair was an important part of their identity. It was a sign of belonging to the counterculture movement. But Thomas had already experienced the year before that cutting his hair helped him get out of jail and finally receive a permanent residence card. It turned out that it was not such a big deal as he thought it would be. And actually, he liked it shorter because it was easier to wash and brush. Back at the teepee after lunch, we were able to get a lot done so that Thomas and I could sleep there. That meant we were ready for our first visit to the evening meeting. We took our new Bibles that Tom had given us and were looking forward to seeing what the meeting would be like. We really didn't know what to expect. It started with singing, and most of them had their Bibles open because their songs were from the Scripture. One of the men played the guitar, and a couple of women that had particularly nice voices led everyone. Growing up in church, I only knew the songs from the hymnals, so this was fascinating to watch. Thomas and I were aware that we were guests and had a lot to learn from them. After the singing, they prayed together that God would open their hearts to learn from the Bible, which they called God's Word. They also prayed for Tom, who would be giving the message. He started by saying, We will be reading together in Romans chapter 12. It's about becoming new in our thinking and our actions. Even his introduction sounded exciting to Thomas and I. He gave everyone instructions of how to find the letter called Romans in the New Testament. I was glad that we weren't the only ones who didn't know where the specific books in the Bible were. The only books that I was familiar with were the four Gospels and the Psalms. He said the letter was written by the Apostle Paul to teach the young Christians in Rome how to live. After everyone had found the chapter, he read verses 1 and 2. 
Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect." My first thought was that I recognized the word brethren as something they used amongst themselves here at the ranch. I had noticed that the women spoke of the others as either sisters or brothers. So here in the scripture was the idea that believers are a family. Tom, of course, explained a lot about the meaning and taught in a way that was practical and easy to understand. The words were relevant for Thomas and I and gave us clear direction. We thought we had come to the ranch to live our back-to-nature lifestyle in the teepee. But God had a bigger, more important plan for us. He wanted to help us be renewed in our minds and no longer follow the voices of the world. Conforming to this world meant two things for us. One was the worldview that we grew up with at home and in school. The other world was our hippie mindset that we had been seriously living by. Tom was telling us that God's ways are above human understanding. The scripture he read talked about spiritual service to God, being worship, and that holy living is a sacrifice that pleases God. He said that as believers in Jesus, we have the Spirit of God that will guide and help us in growing up. We had only looked at two verses in the Bible that evening, but it had a big impact on us. After saying goodbye to everyone, Thomas carried the baby as we headed down the driveway in the dark. We both had something specific that we had learned, and it was fun to talk about our impressions of yet another big day at the Living Waters Ranch. In closing today, my hope is that you are able to relate and process what we were experiencing at the time. If you have been listening since the beginning of our story, it's obvious to hear that something radical was taking place in our hearts and souls. The great news is that this kind of simple faith is for everyone. Take care and bye for now.